Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into clients. Now, here's the founder and CEO of 10 Golden Rules, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this podcast, thank you for being here. I've got a great guest today, and I'm going to hit it hard right out of the gate. Before I do that, I want to just ask you to give us a five-star review if you like the content, if you're in iTunes or Spotify, and thank you so much for being here. And today, I've got John McCarthy, and I've absolutely loved John's content. He's been on our webinar. We've done some presenting together, and he specializes in helping law firms do phenomenally well. And I, like I said, I wanted to come right out of the gate. Um, by the way, this is Jay Berkowitz, 10 Golden Rules. We do internet marketing for law firms. And we'll learn more about John in a minute. But I love a case study that he talks about where a law firm was struggling to make payroll. And with John's guidance, they turned everything around, made $2 million profit. The owner of the firm were, you know, didn't work for three months and was on holiday in New Zealand for three months. And it's just a great case study. So I want John to tell us right out of the gate, you know, what are three or four things that change the trajectory and really makes a difference in managing your law firm? That's great. Thank you for that, Jet. Yeah, it's an amazing story. A client and a good friend of mine now. And as you said, when I met them, the business owner was working 80, 90 hours a week. The business was actually growing at about 10% a year, but the costs were growing in line with the revenue. So he wasn't actually getting any further forward. And, and it was, it was completely on this treadmill and couldn't get off. And when I first started working with him and it had a huge impact on his business and on his life as well. The key thing he, he took away was I've got to focus on profit, not revenue. And that, that just start there, literally just start doing that. And I think law firms can be so focused on, on revenue and, and billable hours and all that kind of thing. But I see it so many times many lawyers or even dull departments are actually losing money because they're doing all these billable hours, but the cost to deliver them for whatever reason, it actually costs more than revenue they're bringing in. And, and that's one thing is, is beware of profit margins. And I don't just mean reducing your costs. I see that to some lawyers. Oh, if you get rid of, reduce costs by getting rid of lawyers, they can't do the work. That's not what I mean. It, yeah, you cost you need your lawyers and your fee earners to earn. Is look at the other areas. Where's the inefficiencies? Where does the holdups? Where's all the rework? There's so many any inefficiencies in there which you can make a massive impact for. And it's also about gaining or obtaining the right kind of work. If you've got a, client, a fee earner worth, let's say five hundred dollars an hour, why is he doing one hundred and fifty an hour work? It's just thinking about things like that. Are they? billing for all the hours that they're doing? Are they collecting the cash for all the hours they're doing? Are they discounting? Even just start looking at simple stuff there has got to make an impact. That's the first. And the second thing to really think about is cash. You know, there's a lot of people get confused between the difference between profit and, and cash and revenue. And they're three different things. You know, you, you could be doing lots of work, let's say personal injury or litigation, but you don't get paid for three years. Well, that's kind of okay for your business model, but be mindful of the work that you're bringing in. Otherwise, you end up having to borrow money to fill the cash gap, which, of course, it costs you money and interest. So the first things first is take a step back, really start looking at the profit. You know, what can you do to increase the efficiencies? Are you getting profitable work in or is it low value working? And I think the thing with um, 
my client there that he focused on was marketing, spending a lot of money on marketing. I had no idea how to work out, is it working or not? And I think we all get sucked into spending money on these marketers that are out there. I never stop to think, right, hey, how many leads are actually generating? <laughs> and then he literally remember him saying the first time we met, he went back to the office to catch up with the 200 emails he had and the hours that together. And he said, right, out of our marketing, how much of it can we test to see what's working? And his team said, none. He went, right, stop it. Just stop marketing until we know how to test it. And then once he worked out how to test uh, and it was online marketing too it was, it was google ads and it was, it was face ads and, and seo and that kind of thing the things you specialize in once they put in steps to start to measure it then they could refine it and refine it and refine it and the cost per lead came down and the value per client came down and the profit margins just absolutely went through the roof so yeah two things focus on profit and focus on on cash flow but also look at look at your marketing get people who are good marketing not just creating noise in the marketplace make sure you, you, you can measure that so you said profit the types of work that were coming in and, and marketing that works so how did you actually you know drill down now what did you do did you create p l's and did you go through stuff with them weekly monthly how, how did you get the focus on profit to work yeah, it's actually amazingly simple. Um, I'm a, a client there. He, we've become great friends, really good friends. I mean, the guy's worth a huge amount of money now and spends most of his life on holiday. The very first thing, it, it's it's not actually as, as difficult as people think. He had built a very good business. I'll call it a good business because it was kind of growing and fairly big, but I wouldn't call it a good business because he's working crazy hours and uh, not able to take the money that he wanted. But he hadn't built like a business, if that makes sense. He hadn't really looked at efficiencies. And he just went around the team just finding out what wasn't working. He literally, it was so simple. He just worked all the way around the team. What's going wrong? What's taking you too long? What's, where's the inefficiencies? And he said, John, I really don't like you anymore. He had this huge <laughs> box of, of list of things that weren't working that he wasn't aware of. And he said, he's a complete, almost overwhelmed. What on earth do I do with this lot? And it was, it was simple little things. It was, I mean, some of the, some of the things are so simple. You know, he was paying a couple hundred dollars a month to rent plants. Well, he went around the team and said, look, I'm paying hundreds of pounds, hundreds of dollars a month for these plants. Does anyone mind if we don't have them? He said, no, we'll bring in our own plants. That's it. A couple hundred dollars, dollars gone. And it, and this is, most people are probably doing this now. This is five or six years ago. Just talking to the team. What's what's slowing you down? Well, I'm constantly flicking between screens. But we've only got, you know, spreadsheets and, and, and software and things. I've only got one screen. If we had two screens to play on, it'd be quicker. That's fairly standard now, but it, it wasn't five, six years ago. That's it. Everyone gets two screens. And it was it, it sounds silly, but it's often the tiny little things like that, which is costing time. The big one, which is, is another opposite end of the extreme, was um their onboarding system was very complex for their new clients. And it was about 42 mouse clicks to onboard a client between different spreadsheets and softwares and CRMs and various things. And they just said, he didn't know this because he's quite far removed. And they said, look, we're, we're all doing about 10 of these a day. It's about 20 of us doing 10 a day. It's taken us a huge amount of time. So in this instance, he actually invested in software and he did invest about £100,000. But that £100,000 invested once, let's say it's like four or five years ago, it saved him 40 hours a week. It literally saved him a whole employee salary because he didn't get rid of the employee he just took on more work so there, honestly there are efficiencies everywhere it's the stuff we're spending money on like the plants it could be software it could be licenses it could be 
I don't know, marketing events or conferences or stuff that, is, that isn't bringing money in. And a lot of it, your team will know because this thing's annoying them every single day. We just don't think to ask. It doesn't need to be complicated. <laughs> That's great. And, you know, the folks who listen to this podcast, we talk a lot about marketing that works. But what are some of the benchmarks you looked at or what are some of the functional things that you found and worked with him on to improve his marketing and find marketing that worked? Well, in terms of the marketing, uh, this is where I, I kind of do. I step back a bit. I'm not a specialist like you, Jay, so I don't get stuck into the, you know, the, the specifics like you do. But they were doing a lot of online. It was a lot of Google uh, and SEO, essentially. A lot of what they did in one aspect of their business was Google marketing. And again, they weren't measuring it. So he started to build a dashboard of, right, how much are we spending? How many leads are we getting in? What's the conversion rate? What's the average value? The simple stuff. You're smiling because you do this all the time with your clients. But it wasn't being measured. And they worked, they worked with a company, not me, a company just like yourself. And they refined it and refined it and refined it. And he would send me a text of, hey, it's no, it's like spend $1, get $3 back. And then he got it from spend $1 and get $10 back. Marketing is free when you, when you get to that level. So that's, that's kind of one thing. And the other thing, even fairly recently working with him, I literally will find a way, even last year, to double his business within the next 12 to 18 months. This is, and this bit of my business has grown from, well, it's 10x, really. We've gone from about 200 to 300,000 to what about 3 million profit now. So like ridiculous growth in profit. But there's a massive gap where, where well, they haven't even looked, looking at who's the grade A clients, what business services are they providing to them, or what else could they provide to them? There's lots of additional sales. You know, like he works with their, their law firm, locks, works with other big law firms. So they might work with the family department, but not work with, with property or not work with commercial. And they've never really sat down and done an analysis of, you know, all the companies and all the departments per company that they are providing services and also that they're not providing services. It's just basic account management. We get really sucked into this, must do more marketing, more marketing, more marketing, new customers, new customers. And often there's so much there in our business already, the profit margins, the grade A clients that you want, and then just working really well with your existing clients. There's so much money left on the table. And I think when you work more closely with your clients, it becomes stickier because you, you kind of become the guy to go to or the company to go to. Now, if I was to get you to do a little bit of marketing for me, it's great. But if you start doing four out of five strategies for me, all of a sudden, I'm not going to want Jay to go because Jay's doing an awesome job. What I was smiling a minute ago is because my, my friend, my coach, my mentor, uh, Josh Nelson, and he says, what gets attention, what gets measured, gets attention and improved. Yeah. What gets measured. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you said it exactly because I was going to say the same thing. How much are you spending? How many leads are you getting? How many are you converting to clients? And if you need to, what are those clients worth? Now, what's the mm -hmm. average cost per case? What's the average cost per client? The math is pretty simple. And then you just have to look at it on a regular yeah. basis. So at a minimum, you need that monthly scorecard meeting, maybe twice a month, maybe weekly when you're starting out. Yeah. You hit all the high points. So now let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> I love John's title. He's called the Profit Coach. And his company is Summit Business. And I'll let him tell us a little bit more. Oh, and, and then the other incredible thing I love his sort of military uh, discipline comes from 30 years in the in the British Army. So tell us a little bit about your story and, and your company. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll clarify the military bit that I the mislead there. So um, I'm 50, 50, mid 50s, newly mid 50s. Damn, that's scary now. But since a teenager, I wanted to be in the military. 
and I'm super competitive. And for me over here, uh, there's just two two unique regiments which are just below special forces as the parachute regiment in the Royal Marines. And I liked green beret rather than the uh, <laughs> the purple beret. Well, I'm Royal Marine commandos, and I passed the assessment. I think at 18 for a commission. So I actually passed all the physical and then went on to pass the assessments um, for, for to be an officer with the Royal Marines. And that was my dream. You know, I, I, I kind of wanted to get out of home and it was, it, it was my life just opened up. Unfortunately, before I even got to the front gates, I had a really nasty back injury, um, which meant I didn't then go down. So I didn't get to get my commando um, beret or badge or anything else. But I was already in the reserve forces and I was a physical training instructor with them. So I was 15 years um, with them and um, and I think you know, what's really interesting I'm in my 50s now and I'm you know, far too old to go do that crazy stuff but <laughs> we, we talk about our identity and it's interesting I live now literally about a, a kilometre across the fields from 40 Commando which is the unit that I wanted to go I, I came there for a few weeks and trained them I went with them and that's who I wanted to join and it's been I came back I moved back down here as part of the world uh, and I'm in my 30s and of course a lot of people that I met in the gym and go training they're all guys because I've got the same mindset. So a lot of my mates here now are commandos who were joined at about the same time. And we just get on really well. It's funny, you know, my life took a change through an accident and I've had a great life. But I look back I mean, that that I don't want to be a could have, should have, would have. I don't want to regret anything. But that would have been a very different life to me to go off at the bare and everything else. So unfortunately, I, I didn't get, I haven't got a tattoo. That's the one tattoo I, I would have had. I haven't actually got one now. I wasn't going to be in the Olympics. Um, haven't done an Ironman yet, but I wanted to get the, the commando dagger. But I, yeah, in, in the military, I was a physical training instructor. And I went into the fitness industry rather than the military as a civilian. So I was working in the fitness industry, physical training instructor with the, with the army as a reservist. I think I brought up on a farm as well, you know, and I think growing up on a farm is work to get done. You get done. It's that simple. There's no excuses. There's either gets done or it doesn't get done. It's your job. You do it. I was brought up, you know, quite, quite an old fashioned way. There's a job to get done. You get it done. If, it, if it's broken, you fix it. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. And, you know, being from farming background, when you're out and you can't just call a specialist to come in and fix things or phone HR, you just get stuff done. And I think that translates well into my military mindset. And when I was 30, I went in, in, into into the corporate world uh, in business development. So a big change for me, but I actually really liked it, like developing business. And that's what I was doing for big pharmaceutical healthcare companies. But it's the same mindset, right? What have I got to do? Who do I help? How do I do it? It wasn't like, I don't care what the training said. I don't care what they say. No, but I'm here, I'm here to fix it and, and, and find a way. And I think that's come my personality shaped through my parents, through the farm to get stuff done. The military is is just pain to deal with it. <laughs> and, and then being quite innovative. Yeah. Um, Excuses with, don't go over in, too in, well in the military, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just get stuff done, just make it happen. And I think that all that has shaped me as a person. And when I work with my clients now, yes, they. it's funny because I'm not hardcore. You know, I'm not some Navy SEAL. I'm not shouty at people when I work with them. It, it is all, even my, my PTI days, it's all about fun. But we're here to do a job. You're here to get things done. And if there's a problem, great. But how do you fix it? It's, and it, it, I think that's where you think about the commandos, Navy SEALs, the great guys. It's, it's a problem. Fix it. That they, they start fix it mindset. And I think that's how we. I, I come across clients. Some of them have got real problems. You know, be it with the team, or with cash flow, or something. It's very easy to feel like there's there's no way out. And I think yeah, my mindset is very much well. No, we can't see a way out yet. We're just going to fix it. Bring so that military mindset and and the training yeah. mindset. And the fitness training mindset to business. And yes. I love your, your title, profit coach or profit growth specialist is, I guess, the uh, 
Yeah, but, Poppy um, Sherpa. Plus, uh, tell us a little bit about Summit Business and, and what you all do for law firms. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been doing this for almost 10 years now and what I've been doing, um, running my own business, helping businesses. Like I helped grow, you know, multi-million pound businesses or I was on their business development side. And I think for me, it, it came around in, in a nice full circle because when I was in the sports industry, um, I was working in the local community. I was helping people get fit. That's why I worked with schools and sports clubs, individuals. Then I went off to do the corporate world and wore a shirt and tie. And when I came back to do this, it was kind of nice because I'm back in the community again. I'm, I'm dealing with small businesses uh, or, you know, a couple of million turnover and, and normal people. And it, it, But I've come back to help people, I say, in my community, albeit or online now. But I've come back with, with the, I guess it's the mindset from the military, the physical side, the physical training. But I've come back with the commercial acumen with it. So it's kind of a, of a, nice, a nice blend. I work with uh, the Business Coaching Academy, which is run by two two amazing uh, world-class entrepreneurs and, and business coaches, Pam Featherstone and, and, and Xander Woodford-Smith. And what I really liked about them is I decided, uh, I worked with a, a pre- other organization previously, which I outgrew really. And I think the key thing is whenever you're trying, as you know, your marketing, you have a model, you find a model that works and you replicate the model or you should use it as a, as a template. I was looking, do, do I develop my own template or go and invent my own one? Well, I finally did that. Where's the criteria to say it's going to be so good? And I, re- I genuinely looked all over the world, looking at lots of different business growth models to find one that worked. And I came all the way back to the UK. Uh, it's Pam Featherstone, I've known for years, actually. Very, very, very successful entrepreneur and coach. And they've put together the profit system. And I've, I've shared it you know, online many times now. It's the simplest structured um systemized purpose to get you focusing on the right things and like i said you know where do you start profit and profit is an acronym p is profit in cash start there because you haven't got cash you can't pay your bills you haven't got profit you ain't got a business so we start there first before we do marketing and r is for revenue marketing because if you're not careful you could be bringing in more clients which are actually losing you money or don't provide you with the cash flow so we get the profit levels and the cash flow fixed first. Then we start looking at the P, the R, which is revenue marketing. And then the O, it stands for operations and systems. And this is about understanding, you know, as your business starts to grow, it's going to get busier. So we need to get some systems and structures in place. Otherwise, the business owners are just going to get busier and get swamped. So we need to start getting that that systemization. I spoke about you know, getting two TV screws, uh, PC monitors or or getting systems that work. So we start to get things working better and smoother to take all the headaches away from the business owner. And then it starts to grow. And then the F, I and T is S is financials and KPIs. So that's, that's, that's knowing your numbers. You know, it's Stephen. It was understanding his cost per lead and his acquisition costs and his client value. It's you know, how many hours, for example, they're spending billing and uh, what's the average value uh, average average value for, for billing get a measure on that so you're taking real data not just um, sort of uh, non, non, non-datorized feedback and then that's your f and the i is innovation leadership and you start to really start to get big this is where the business owner can step back and have a three-month holiday that is out of the world because you've got a team that's starting to step up and innovate they're finding the problems and fixing it they're not relying at all on you they self-leadership starts to kick in and then right at the end the t at the end of the profit is team um, and engagement and team culture and this is where at this point you should you want to you could get a really highly engaged team maybe in bring in a general manager or managing director where they are you've now brought a leader 
into your business so that allows the private business owner to step back. Uh, I, I I use this. I'm a massive fan of this system. It works. I've had to kind of retrain myself to focus on the important things, I think, for my clients rather than let me get distracted by running off and doing things that may be nice to do but not important to do. I love that. And, you know, we you actually touched earlier on the profit and revenue and marketing because that was a couple of key levers for the case study who made $2 million profit. You got a couple other <laughs> recent case studies who made a million dollars profit. Yeah. What are some of the things in the O in operation systems that someone could look at today? Like if they're profitable and they feel like their marketing's honed in, if they hired 10 golden rules, we were <laughs> making them track all their numbers uh, precisely. What are some of the tips on operation systems? Yeah, I think it's like anything, you know, on the other side of the world from you guys and not even in the building, I can't see it. And quite often the business owner may not even see it. It's actually just keep it really simple. Ask the team, what's where are the bottlenecks? You know, uh, why do people keep coming and knocking on your office door? What are the emails that you keep getting? What are the questions that you keep getting? When you take a moment to step back, it actually really isn't that difficult. Just see where the problems are. Because there's, there's no one thing. I mean, it could be anything. You know, it could be it could be client on board. Like, Here's a good one. Here's a great one. Right. What is your system that you've got for in, for invoicing and chasing payment? Let's just start there. <laughs> right back to profit and cash. You know, yeah. your lawyers might be great and doing a fantastic job, but they never get around to invoicing. All they do, and it doesn't get collected. Let's just start yeah, with that. It definitely help, helps you get paid if you get the invoice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I worked with a client. We're great friends. We're really good friends now. Probably working with him for like six years. And yeah, he's an incredibly intelligent guy. You know, he's six foot four, former professional international athlete. He's like a machine. But he was just so busy, busy, busy. He actually hadn't got around. And he said, I'm out of cash. I'm out of cash. I don't understand. I went, I don't understand. You've been doing all this work. He hadn't, he'd forgotten to invoice for six months. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, get go and invoice. And also the other, and this is actually this is such a really important one, actually. He had two sides to his business and he's so busy, 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 he hadn't stopped to realize that on one of his sides of the business, on 80% of his work, he was losing money. But he hadn't just stopped and sat down and looked at the real cost, not just the time, but what he's getting paid. I mean, that 80 and we 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 literally 10x his business in three or four years on going invoice. Cleaning up the mix on uh... Service. Yeah, and, and I see this a lot in, in law firms. This is one of the simplest things to do. Many don't have the numbers there. This is the first place I start with a law firm. Look at your individual departments first. You've got a department head. Now, they're probably just busy doing all their fee earning. Let's get someone to start to measure some numbers. What what, what can you measure? What's simple? You know, how many hours? Uh, what, are you, what are you paying your lawyers? And how many hours they've done? And what have they invoiced? And it's not about pulling people in and beating them up and they're invoicing more than you because they're going to do different bits of work. But it might you might find that um, this is a great story. I just chatting to Fiona. She became a department head. I think something like 10 years, she'd never met Target. She was really hardworking, really, really good, but she just kept taking on all the work that came at her. I hadn't filtered out all the low-paying stuff. So she's busy doing the low-paying stuff and never did the high-paying stuff. And no one had stopped. Went, okay, we know you're working 80 hours a week. <laughs> so, yeah. so where's where's the money? And no one has stopped to think. And honestly, it's simple things like that will make a massive impact into the profit and cash in your business. Just do some simple things. Yeah, one of the lessons I learned early in my career, but I wish I learned it right. Yeah, you know, they should teach it in high school. Is there's a big difference between working hard and doing the most important stuff? 
you know, I know that's a basic thing to say, but so many employees, you know, like, oh, they're, they're hardworking and they, like you said, they take on everyone else's problems. What do you think are the, is the easiest way to become a person who delivers results instead of just effort? Oh, that's a tough one because I definitely fall in that category. <laughs> and that you raise a really interesting point because we're all products of our our childhood and our growing up and everything else. And I often think about this because I was brought up on a farm in a very rural working class community. And I'm, I still, I giggle about it now. My mum would say, oh, David there, he'll do really well. He's a hard worker. He's a hard working lad. Yeah, sure. you know, and as a young, young boy growing up, you see these big boys, like 12, 13, 14, they were getting jobs on farms because they were hard workers. So it's all this subliminal, not even subliminal, it's obvious, like work hard, work hard. Of course, then you go to the army, do it again, run faster, lift more weight, work hard, work hard. So I was massively handicapped by everyone telling me <laughs> to work really hard. And I was good at it. Actually, I was really good at working really hard. And I've had to, even in the corporate world, I did very well. Uh, I was good at what I did, but I also worked really, really long hours as well. And it was quite a switch. The thing is that, you know, 30, 40 years of programming and thinking that, you just work harder to get there. And I think this is a really good point because I've been, definitely been guilty of this myself. And I had to, even two or three years ago, since working with Pam as my coach now, is just stop. Let's stop being busy. Stop trying to do so much. Let's focus on a few things and get them working right. It, it's exactly like, you know, a lawyer who's working hard, working hard, working hard. Right, let's just stop for a moment. Right, which are the cases that bring in the best cases, the one, what are you really good at? Who do you really like working with? Who brings in the best revenue? Right, let's look at those. Right, now how do we get good marketing to attract those clients? You know this stuff, Jay. You know, it's who's the avatar? Where are they? How do you find them? How do you bring them in? How do you, how do you, how do you keep them in there? It really is as simple as that. It, it's hard because many of us, I think lawyers are, are, are kind of quite guilty of this. They've built up to build more hours, build more hours, work hard, work hard, you'll succeed. And yeah. it, mentally and emotionally, it's hard to stop that because it, it's ingrained but, in us, isn't it? It's not to, the to, job to as, as the business owner, right? No, 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 but, no, no, absolutely. You know, once, yeah. you, once you stop billing hours and running a, a law firm, you have a different set of objectives that you need to set for yourself and, and manage your own, your own mindset. So, you know, we, we covered PRO, you've touched a little bit on the finance. I'd love to hear about some innovation that is important for law firms and, and businesses in general. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So we're all seeing chat GTP and AI. We know the world's going to change and be taken over by machines. And I think that that is coming. And I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on that stuff. I'm not going to make a statement on it. But when we talk about innovation in business, we're actually not talking about the big picture stuff, the big game changers. What we're looking at is the small stuff. If I had two screens on my PC, I'd be quicker. You know, and it it sounds, it sounds crazy, yeah. but it's often the little things like that that make the difference. It's, it's the, I don't know, you walk into the foyer in the office and I've got to walk around a plant pot an extra 10 meters because you put a great big plant in it. <laughs> we'll get the damn thing out of the way and save everyone 10 steps four times a day. It's a crazy example, but we really are looking for the small things. And you know, it, it, it could, I can't give examples now, but there's so many little things. No, the the screen thing's huge. It. And it's not just the screen, it's it's a keyboard and a mouse and elevating yeah, the screen yeah. at eye height and having two screens or maybe even three screens. You know, I actually resisted going to three screens for the longest time. And all my, <laughs> you know, a lot of my geeks, like a lot of the computer guys, always had three screens. 
Wow. And it's just two small monitors that are, you know, a hundred and hundred bucks. Now you can get a, yeah. you know, a, a crystal clear monitor that's 24, 27 inches. And I, <laughs> so now I have my, my laptop monitor one, monitor two. And, you know, it's just as simple as like, I've got Slack on one monitor and then, nice. and then I've got nice. the document I'm working on one monitor and maybe, you know, a, a website on the other monitor. And I'm going back and forth between the document and the website. And the, your efficiency with a keyboard on your desk, a good mouse, you know, so yeah. I play the good guy. And the first thing I do with new employees is, you know, can I get you a second monitor? Can I get you a third monitor? Can I get you a keyboard and a mouse? And they, they think, oh, wow, what a nice guy. You know, obviously, yeah. but it's, you know, I'm, I'm helping them be better. I'm helping my, my own company efficiency. And then the other thing, I'm standing up. I got a stand-up desk. Mm, and I offer too. that to my employees too. Guess what? You know, it's it's 225 bucks on Amazon that you can really make a difference for an employee. And as an employer, you get the win. And um, the energy I get from standing up half yeah. is fantastic. And and the uh, limit on back pain is <laughs> it's oh, it's huge. weight and gold. Yeah, I've got the same. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm going to really dumb it down a little bit here because we're always like trying to do more, trying to do more. And sometimes, actually, you just got to stop stuff. We, the, the art of, I'll be careful how I say this. There's a good book, and I've forgotten the author, The Art of Not Dick Giving a Duck. It wasn't duck that he said, but it's just <laughs> stop doing stuff. Stop going into these Facebook groups. Stop responding to that damn WhatsApp message. A lot of it, you know, if we just turn off your notifications on your phone, turn off your WhatsApp, turn off your Facebook, don't dive, respond to every single email message. Just start to get some structure into your day because we, as human beings, you know, we we can't multitask. We think we do, you can't. We have to stop doing one thing and process another like computers do. You know, we think computers are fat. They don't multitask. They just switch from one very, very quick. We don't switch very quickly. So if I was to have this conversation with you and I go, oh, I don't, uh, uh, emails come in. I'd read that and I go, right, where were we? What, 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 rewind? And it would take me that many seconds to get back into the flow that we're talking about. And it's the same. If I'm, say I'm doing a bit of client work. Not that I'm a lawyer, but if you're a lawyer doing some client work and then someone phones you or knocks on your door, is a WhatsApp message. It takes you a long time to get back into that flow, to get back to the quality work that you need to be doing. Honestly, just get some simple things like don't bloody answer whatsapp messages and don't answer slack messages have you know i'll do yeah. my, my emails from say 10 to 10 30 2 to 2 30 40 to 5 that's it unless the building's on fire don't don't disturb me the simple yeah. thing honestly it doesn't need to be complicated there's, there's a good book i like that book yeah I'm, I'm i'm showing john we just did a book club with our staff with our team and nice. uh, every week we read a chapter of a book by brian tracy called eat that frog 21 great ways to stop procrastinating and get more done in less time. It was my fourth or fifth read, but it's like, you know, one of the things I took from it is, you know, eat that frog. The basic principle is that you pick the three most important things that you have to do that day and you get yeah. them done first thing in the morning. Yeah. And if you don't eat a frog when it's a little teeny tadpole, um, it grows <laughs> into a big hairy toad with like hairs coming out of and, and warts and stuff like that. And you, you definitely don't want to eat it. Once it no, gets, uh, starts looking nasty on your desk. And the, the one thing I took from that was, you know, the super focused time, like you said, you know. Yeah. So if, if you find that powerful time in the morning, for me, it's like, you know, between 8.30 and 9 or between 8, 8 and 9, you know, get to the gym and then, and then my mind's like super clear. And then if you can like crush out those important tasks first thing in the morning when you're like your brain's at optimal levels 
your uh, yeah. Facebook's off, your uh, WhatsApp's off. And so it was the super focus, but I highly recommend that book. You know, the last thing, and then we'll get into just a couple personal things about you, is team, P-R-O-I-F-I-T. <laughs> yeah. Next, Ryan there. Um, <laughs> how do you get the team to self-leadership and high engagement? Motivated? Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's, there's a big question, and I can't really do that in a few minutes. It's It can be done. I think there's a few things, actually. What I tend, I'm just trying to a friend of mine who's, who's a partner and a big law firm over here just trying to today. I think, you know, the whole, the, the whole model of being attorneys and lawyers, you go to college, you learn to be a lawyer, you bill hours, you get in a junior role, you bill hours. And the whole ecosystem, if you like, of, of, of progressing through your career is being a lawyer, being a lawyer, being a lawyer. No one really stops and says, OK, now we need to manage people. We need to listen and lead and communicate. And I'm not saying it's always bad, but there's often a bit of a gap there. In, in leadership and engagement because everyone's just busy locked in their cells doing their hours so it, it, there's, there's no one thing fits all there's so much good information out there you can share but i i think the key thing that i i felt with building some of my, my clients is you go right i can't where's where's the business going what are we trying to achieve and otherwise people just get locked in do their hours go home at the end of the year hope they've they've, they've ticked enough boxes but human beings we're, we're a tribe at the end of the day and we like to be engaged with do we're working with and for the business owner it's suddenly they'll step back and think okay what do you want to achieve with the business you know, is, is it is it to grow to sell is it to grow to acquire is it to be the best local firm properly and i think get above the numbers not just about turnout and profit what are you trying to achieve there as a business owner and it could be we want to be the best know, family law provider in, in in our state or we want to be the go-to people for fathers who are trying to get access to their children whatever it is you know whatever whatever the thing is and i appreciate they're going to have different departments but get really clear what they're what they're trying to achieve and that takes a bit of time to think about and when you start to do that and you put words around it and get real meaning to it not just a vision statement that sits in the drawer no one can remember but make it a real kind of living thing and i think from that it's all about having we'll call it your vision call it what you will yeah how are we going to get there let me talk about value statements which no one remembers anyway, or even knows what they mean. The next step I would always say, okay, so I'm going to make up some values now. We'll do respect and we'll do integrity and customer service and blah, blah, blah. And all, we'll all smile and ignore them. The next step no one ever does is, okay, so we've got these values. What are the behaviors attached to these values? So if I'm talking about integrity, my behaviors would be, I don't tell a client I'm going into a meeting if I'm not going into a meeting. I don't tell him a half with, I'll have it done by tomorrow morning if it won't be done by tomorrow morning. i go on forever that, but with lawyers, you know, if that's integrity, that's integrity. Don't tell your colleagues or your clients you've done work if you haven't done it. If you've made a mistake, if you're running late, be open. Because these are the behaviors that people can actually measure and be held accountable to. And it, and it, and it is when you start and you've got to generate a, a culture or an environment where people are comfortable in failing. They're comfortable to be a little bit vulnerable. It's really hard, really, really hard to do. And I, you know, from friends I work with in, in, in the military and certainly read about special forces, this we've all got egos, I'm one of the worst than most. When you listen to some interviews with some of that Navy SEALs and special forces guys, you know, when they go come up off an operation, okay, what went wrong? What didn't we do well enough? And every single one of them has to be open to, I misfired on that. I, I missed the point. I didn't get the communication right. Because you know, if you don't acknowledge your mistakes, you can't learn. 
and it, it takes a big man or a big woman or a big person to do that and it's quite a special individual and i think it's hard really hard to go on that journey really hard to go on a journey for people to feel vulnerable um patrick lencioni's i think he calls it five 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 levels of a dysfunctional team i call it the five levels of a high performing team the very first level is trust you've got to be able to trust your team and then going above that goes into feeling able to feel full vulnerable yeah. it's a hell of a journey to go on it's tough because many people especially lawyers as well are never going to sit there and go i messed up on this case and you know i lied to my client yesterday or something but it is it's a, it, once you start to get that and i do it with my clients when i'm working with their their, their, their partners and the heads of the department once you can get them openly admitting they are not good at managing a team or they're not good at managing their own time once they admit that we we all help it, it's a journey to get there don't get me wrong it's not a quick fix but when you start to get that my god you can get some amazing team and you start to get that engagement um throughout the firm that, that's what creates a great firm is the people in there so i'd like to wrap up with just a couple personal questions you can just give us quick answers on this one who's your football team I, you know, I don't support any sport at all. After all my sports in all my life, I've never, I've never supported anything. I'm just going to say England. They always lose. But yeah, probably, I think, I, I don't even know the US, but over in the United Kingdom, there's Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and, and England. And the other three, they always support whoever, whoever's playing against England. <laughs> so that, that's kind of the rule over here. You gotta if it's France England. versus England, yeah. they're all support France. <laughs> and if you need an, uh, an American football team, I'll offer you to hop on the bandwagon with the Miami Dolphins. So right. since I've been living in South Florida, I've been suffering for for 20 years, but it looks like we finally got a breakthrough. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Fun? Well, I, do you know what? I, that, I love that word because I think life should be fun. You know, I've nearly been killed a few times in stupid things I've been getting up to. And I think I like every day is a gift. And I, I, want, I think we should all be able to have fun every day. Uh, regardless of the situation i've got two amazing boys they're annoying as hell most of the time <laughs> love, love them to bits they really are and I, especially having school holidays they're god they're in the way and i've been getting ill but i, I kind of count my blessings every morning i'm not religious but i count my blessings that we're all healthy even just by my croaky voice two lovely boys they're fun i go i play with them they're eight. i'm getting them into surfing i love sport so whilst i'm not trained the last couple of months I try and train four or five times a week. I love training in the morning if my body will let me now. But whether it's a run, even a 10-minute hit, so I've got pull-up bars. I'm out in the rain, on the gravel, treating myself like it's a hell week with a grando or something. Just actually that that 10-minute hit session, pull-ups, whatever it might be, press-ups, cold shower, you're on. And I think if I, if I can get my day structured around doing some exercise, being healthy, seeing my boys, Making sure my wife is healthy, then it's kind of been a good day. That's already a win, right? A couple more. Are there one or two softwares you like or um, things you enjoy, technologies that you'd share with folks? Not really. No, I'm not I'm not a tech head at all. I think I, I use LinkedIn a lot. That's where all my business hey, comes from. Anything. Yeah. So you're not really. Expandy, I know, is very good as far as automating a lot of things on LinkedIn, but I'm not a big what, tech head. Expandy, you said? Yeah, it's an automation tool. Uh, for finding and messaging and connecting um, on LinkedIn. It, it's, it's, I know LinkedIn don't like you using external softwares and things. Um, I, I don't really, we, we use a CRM system. I don't even know who, who, who's made it. Sanders put things together uh, for us, but I don't really use Zoom. I use Zoom a lot. I'm pretty good at Zoom now. <laughs> <laughs> That's become like a requirement for business. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. The last one, are there any podcasts or webinars you like? Podcasts or webinars? Yes, I, I think Alex Hormozzi. I, I love Alex's stuff. Yeah. I want to be like Alex or Moses. I want to get like a 15-inch <laughs> chest, a gringo moustache, and 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 have a yeah, a, a very beautiful wife, and just go out and lift weights all day. But I think Alex or Moses does, does some amazing stuff, and I love what he does. And with what I do, so it's a good point actually. The profit system we follow, we just pull together all some of the best knowledge out there into our system. So it's not our ideas. It's Alex Hormozzi, it's Donald Miller, it's Mike Makowicz. So we're bringing, it's all kept up to date to bring in the best stuff. I love Alex. I love the way he delivers it. I love the way it's nice and simple. He cuts through nonsense. I think Alex does, I listen to a lot of his stuff. He does, he does some really good stuff. But what, he does the question, what do I love to do? I think my, my soul food is surfing. That's kind of my big, that's my big love in my life. Not like I get much to do much now with my boys, but when I'm when I'm surfing, I'm I'm in my element there. I, I just do love getting out on the waves. I've not surfed America yet, so that's got to be on my on my tick list over there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time and and all of your insights. By the way, if you like John, I'm sure you did. He did a webinar, so you can find all of our webinars on our YouTube channel, Ten Golden Rules YouTube channel. There's actually, if you can't find it, there's a link on our website to to YouTube. And John uh, did this with slides and it was much more, less conversational, <laughs> much more structured. So if you want to get a, a little bit deeper in his stuff and uh, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, the best thing is my one web, website, um, summitbusinesses.com. But uh, it's great. There's a load of stuff up there, a load of videos. But uh, in on LinkedIn, I've started doing a LinkedIn newsletter and I'm sharing all the whole system. The knowledge has been going out, um, I think, six weeks now. I've got a thousand subscribers on already. So I'm literally sharing all my knowledge on the LinkedIn newsletter. And I'm putting together a bunch of videos as well, which is also going to go on the website. So the website is good. LinkedIn is good. Connect on there. It's always good to connect with friends. And uh, they can have all that free information they like uh, on my newsletter, my LinkedIn posts. Awesome. And there'll be links in the show notes down below. John, thank you so much. Uh, you feel a little better. You, you notice a little scratchy voices, uh, but he, he got it through it, of course. God managed it, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, That's buddy. Good. Thank you, Jay. Love you to speak to you as always. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast. Please send questions and comments to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That is podcast at 10goldenrules.com. 